Welcome to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The way I can give support to the world right now is by showing up. Uh, The most important thing is don't think just that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself. Show up. If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is Dr. Nancy's passion and her purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of her favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up in my conversations. I build relationship. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Missouri Representative Crystal Quaid grew up in rural Missouri. As a young girl, she often helped her mom prepare the diner where she worked as a waitress often double or triple shifts. They lived on a gravel road, and Crystal was the first in her family to graduate from high school. She worked her way through Missouri State University, began her own family, and then became the Democratic leader of the Missouri House of Representatives. Crystal is leading important fights to restore reproductive rights, stand up to the biggest corporate special interests, and stop China and Russia from buying up farmland and squeezing Missouri farmers out. Now she's running to be the first female governor of Missouri. Here's Dr. Nancy and her guest, Representative Crystal Quaid. You were the first, first political potential governor of Missouri that I've ever interviewed. So welcome. And I'm, I'm really excited about you. And we really need some young blood with great ideas and some good energy. And you're the one that has it. So well, thank uh, you, you know. so much. Welcome. You know, let's talk about you, because I think it's important to know where you came from, because I think we, you know, we always look at people that are successful and think it must be so easy for them or it must have been so easy. And you and I both know we don't get anywhere without the school of hard knocks. I wouldn't be sitting here if I hadn't gone through that school, but also didn't have a good sense of humor. So let's talk about you. (laughs) Yeah. How'd you get to be the crystal I'm talking to today? Yeah, well, that's a, a very big question, and um, I appreciate it because one of the things that um, I am really trying to do through this race um, and through the work I've always done is provide um, connection to everyday people so that they can see themselves in positions of power. Um, I grew up in rural southwest Missouri. Um, my my family is a non-traditional, uh, what some may even consider a broken home. My parents split when I was very, very young, and my mother moved my brother and I across the country um, to Missouri when I was about five years old. I have a history of addiction in my family, a lot of a lot of substance abuse, and moved around a lot when I was a kid. And fortunately, my mother uh, married my now stepfather when I was about ten years old, and that was really what created a position of stability in my life. And because of that relationship, I'm the very first in my family to graduate from high school. 
and I went on to Missouri State University in Springfield. My mother still to this day is a waitress. Uh, my father, my stepfather worked in a factory. Now he is, quote, retired, but drives a school bus for supplemental income because they're definitely a family that still needs that additional resource. And yeah, so I went to college and my degree is in social work. And really, I engaged in that because I wanted to give back and help folks like my mom, uh, struggling single moms who really uh, needed a leg up to, to get ahead. And Again, I'm one of those examples of when you can provide some stability to a family, then success can come. And that's something that I try to do every day. Fantastic. You know the people. You've gone up the ladder. You've, you know, you've been down the ladder. You, you see the people. And I think, I think that's what we're missing right now. We're, we're not talking about people. This, this election is not talking about people and, and how they're living and how they want to live in this country. And, and so it's so important to have people like you that are real that have a story that you understand and you see what's important. And, you know, uh, you talk about farmers, you talk about, you know, we're going to talk about freedom. Uh, we're going to talk about body rights, but, but again, let's just talk about why, why are you running now? Okay. You're talking about, let's just talk about why do you want to be the governor of yeah. Missouri? That is a big job and that's going to be a lot of headaches and you're, you know, you have no idea what you're getting into. Why? <laughs> You know, I, I, that's a two-part answer. The, the first being the the logistical piece of it, in that the governor's responsibility in our state is to provide direction for the budget and make sure that our agencies are doing their job. And we have, to your, to the point you already made, so many families and small businesses and farmers who are struggling right now. And when your state government is not running the way it's supposed to, then that makes life harder for individual people. And so I view the role of the governor as, as the one of the most important pieces of this to make sure that the laws that we want to enact are fully implemented correctly through our state government. The second piece of this is exactly again to your point, we do not have enough people in positions of leadership and power in Missouri, in the country, who understand what real life is like for everyday working class people. Um, you know, I understand what it means to have to debate, do I pay my mortgage or do I pay my utilities and keep them on right now? And that's a real thing that folks are going through every single day. And when we don't have people who understand the hardships that individuals may face, and they're the ones making decisions, the priorities are a mess. And that's why I got involved in government to begin with, uh, was to provide that voice that I felt like was missing from the conversation. And that's why I want to be governor, because Missouri deserves somebody who is putting its people first. Yeah. Well, you've been doing this for a while. 2016 was your first election. You've been in leadership positions in your party and in this government. But it's, it's it, it, you know, I'm wearing the shirt for a reason, equality. You know, it, it's so important for us to understand that we don't have equal rights in our country. We don't have gender equity. We don't have gender equality. And, and of course, that's going to be the major question that I ask. And I, you know, and I don't know that we want to use the term abortion. What we're talking about are people's rights, women's rights, body rights, reproductive rights. I think the term abortion sometimes takes people off the, the reservation, so to speak. But when we start talking about individuals, and that's what we're talking about here, individual people that every single day go to work, have their families, want to have their kids get their education, they want to have health care, uh, they want to be safe and secure. This is what is important to people. You know, I mean, we, we, we turn on the news and, and it's just, it's one trauma after another. But what we really be, need to be looking at is 
how are we going to, to as Americans, feel proud again and, and take care of one another? And when people come to our country, you know, want to be an American, that they're, we're proud to have them. So, okay. So what are your priorities? Because I know what mine are. I mean, again, <laughs> I heard about you and I invited you to come to my open house in December. It was because I, I want somebody like you who sees the, the details, but then sees the big picture. So yeah. what are your priorities? Well, I definitely will will say um, access to women's health care, um, as you as you brought that up, is going to be the front front and center, not just in my election, but elections across the country. And we know that in a post-row America. Um, but Missouri is one of the states that is trying to get access to care on the ballot. So we're working on that as well. Um, and so this is going to be a number one conversation for every every corner of our state. And I will say what's really been interesting to me over the past few years, you know, I was in the legislature when the ban was put in place and uh, that allowed for the triggers as soon as Roe fell to take away all of women's reproductive rights in our state. And that was in 2019. And I talked to a lot of people all over the state. I knocked doors, I talked to voters and folks, regardless of political spectrum, self-identified Republicans are continuously saying to me, this is too much. This is government overreach gone too far. We are a state that has no exceptions for rape or incest victims. We are a state that does not consider women's um, health to a priority that our doctors think is necessary. And so we're, I'm hearing this from folks all over the place. So that to me is a fundamental right and an attack on our freedoms. And that one is going to be one of the front and center conversations for us for sure. But I would also, I've got several more to add to it, but I'll pause if you want to respond to that. Well, but again, it's the terminology, it's the definitions that we're using. When we start talking about freedom, I think it changes the whole minutia, what people are seeing, because we need to go back to the, my body, my rights, my body, my rights, and it's nobody else's business. And I was talking to a young woman, she's in her twenties and her mother was there as well. And so her mother said, I had more rights at my daughter's age than my daughter has today. I had more rights as a 20-year-old as my 20-year-old daughter today. That just doesn't make any sense. Right. It does not make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, all right, what are your priorities? Yeah. I think yeah. I'm um, well, back. <laughs> well, it definitely, you know, again, with the big picture piece of this conversation and to your point about folks wanting to be proud of who we are and where we live, that is a huge economic impact for the state of Missouri, the fact that we don't have access to health care. When it comes to young people moving here for um, to, to fill the jobs that we have available, or it's having enough doctors to keep our hospitals open, which is a huge problem. And so the first thing that I would say after that is healthcare access, not just affordability, because that's, that is a huge problem. But in the state of Missouri, we've had 19 rural hospitals closed over the past few years. We just lost a maternity ward in North County, St. Louis, because we do not have enough doctors willing to come to our state and work. And that truly is a life and death situation here. We also were one of the states that waited way too long to pass Medicaid expansion. We had to do that by a vote of the people just a few years ago. And because of that, a lot of these hospital doors had to, sh had to shut. And so that is definitely a big priority for me is getting access to care back. To, to individuals across the state of Missouri. Um, another piece for us um, is public education is a huge topic in Missouri, as I know it is everywhere. We have the lowest paid teachers in the entire country. We are ranked 49th in public education funding in the country. Um, and we have 30% of our school districts are on four day school weeks because we cannot afford to keep our schools open and to employ teachers on those fifth days. 
And so that is a huge tragedy. Um, it's not only a problem when it comes to our economic growth and our success as a state, but our rural communities, oftentimes the public school system might be the only employer in town. It, they might have that and a dollar general in the gas station. And that's where the community hub exists. And if we are not fully supporting our schools, we're going to continue to see Missouri drop to the bottom in the country for every statistic you can think of. Our reading numbers are down. You know, the list goes on. Those two are huge everywhere I go. And then um, I would also add to it just economic success. Um, Missouri is still really struggling with broadband access throughout the state. And along with that is making sure that we have good paying jobs where young people want to stay here. Well, that's uh, that's quite a uh, many. That's quite uh, quite a bit of great. But but these are things that should be in the forefront of every state right now. Every state needs to be looking at their at how it's impacting their their overall impact of their of their of their state. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's fantastic. So you're you're going to get in there and you're going healthcare, education, body rights, reproductive rights. Those are all extremely important issues and reasons for sure. You know, I had no idea that Missouri was that far behind. You know, I've, I've been living out in California with, uh, in, in this, this area. I'm still a Missouri resident, so I am still voting in Missouri. So uh, I need to know more. So I'm glad that we're talking about this. Okay, so how do you change the trajectory of our state for the next generation? Because that's what's important. One of the things that I have had great success in, in my time in the legislature, even as a Democratic leader for the past six years, has been working with my colleagues across the aisle on bipartisan solutions for some of our problems. I have had many bills passed that were mine that had a Republican name on it, because that's how you got to get stuff done. And it's so important. All of these issues I've talked about, and I would also add childcare to the conversation because that's a huge economic problem too, but all of these issues are things that regardless of political affiliation, folks are concerned about and uh, uh, politicians have ideas on how to fix them as well as our business leaders and our community leaders. And so how we get it done is by continuing to elect people who will put Missourians first. And a big part of what I have done as the Democratic leader over the past, past several years is spend time on infrastructure building on the campaign side of things. And this is not a sexy topic to talk about on the campaign trail is like the inner workings of how we do all of this. But the reality is, is that we in Missouri are not a balanced state. There are, uh, out, of, out of 163 state representatives, there are only 52 Democrats, which means that we are not balanced when it comes to actually getting um, real policy discussions and real things moving forward. It's just one side fighting with themselves all the time in Missouri. And so what's really important is that we continue to elect people who are putting Missourians first. And so as the governor candidate, one of the things that I'm also really working on is not only my own election, but helping to ensure that we're flipping seats in places where we have good individuals who are running, who want to do the work, who want to put these issues front and center. Because even as me being governor, I will be able to set the tone. I will make all sorts of budget proposals. There's a lot of great things I can do, but I also need to have legislators who are putting these issues front and center too. And so it's going to be, you know, a both end when it comes to our campaign so that we can get these things done. Well, we, we know that uh one of our biggest deficits and one, one of our biggest holes is a lack of women leaders in our country in, in all sectors from, mm -hmm. our, from our fortune 500 companies all the way up to through the political realm. And of course, one of the biggest issues for election of any candidate is money. 
And uh, we know that this is trick stick. Uh, you know, this is where the candidates get elected is the one that has the most money backing them. And, and again, we, we are, you know, and one of the reasons I really am supporting you and Women Connect for Good wants to support you is because we need more women in decision making places and we need them have to have seats at the table. And we need someone, a lot of women at the table, because, you know, the statistics show over and over again, when women are in top leadership positions in, on boards of directors or in leadership positions of major corporations, the, these companies are more successful. And so, you know, again, I, I, I'm sure that's part of your your process as, as well is, is trying to get on it is hoping to get more and more women leaders i mean women we know that we see the you know we are the problem solvers we we are the communicators we're the problem solvers uh we again we see the big picture we see the details and then we look at ways that we can can solve those problems so i think i think this is one another major reason to see someone such as yourself in a strong leadership position who can lift other women as you rise as well so that's that's key for me, definitely. Yeah. And of course, the Equal Rights Amendment, we've got to get it. It has to be passed this year. We've got to get it. I cannot it in believe it's because, it's 2024 because, and we're still having this conversation. And you know what? That would take a lot that would take care of a lot of the things that we're discussing right now. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the law would say this is what we have to have. You know, there is going to go that go through the period if once it's once it is passed of that, you know, what how does it work? What do we do with it? But we've got to start somewhere. So okay. I, I want you to get the, in there and help me pass that amendment also so okay so how are you going to win how can you do this how we plan to win is um you know very grassroots to be honest with you you know when i first ran in 2016 um as you know i represent a district in southwest missouri which is not a heavily democratic area it is not a, a super liberal bastion um it takes a lot of work to win a district down here as a democrat and i did that by knocking doors and talking to thousands of people and having real honest conversations about what they want from their government and i had you know i say it often i had my yard sign next to donald trump's yard sign in the same yard and while a, a lot of my democrat friends find that cringy, I, in the state of Missouri, find that as a value. And that's something that I need to be doing across the entire state is connecting with voters everywhere. And so what we're going to do, you know, we've got to, of course, register more people. Missouri is a state that we have about 350,000 people of color that are not registered to vote. That could be almost a million people in the state who could be registered oh, wow. who are not. Yes. And so there's a lot of work to be done in the voter registration space and turning out more voters, first and foremost. But I also... No, in a state like Missouri, it's not just about Kansas City and St. Louis and Springfield where I live. We've got to turn out about 350,000 rural Missourians as well. And we do that by showing up everywhere. And we do that to your point previously made about discussing the issues that actually matter to people's day-to-day -day lives and not this partisan bickering and, and the big div divisive things that um, some people may want us to be talking about, but it's putting energy in our campaign around the things that really matter every day to folks and showing up. And that's what we're going to do. Fantastic. Yeah. Real America. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bread and butter. Like I said, the farmers, uh, I mean, we, we want, we, we can't be anywhere without, you know, rural America, you know, and, and uh, as a psychologist, this was a big issue and still was, I was on the, uh, just, I just dropped off the state committee of psychologists. But uh, one of the big things that we talked about was rural America is how do we serve these populations in rural America? You know, we, we've got to get back to basics. We've got to get back to what's important. And, and I agree with you. Absolutely. So, okay. So what do we do to help you? What, do, uh, what can we do? What can we do? <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, money is the unfortunate reality to an answer when it comes to winning campaigns. You know, Missouri is not one of the target states for national politics. When people say, okay, where can we make a big difference? Missouri is not front and center. Um, we're kind of a flyover state, as we call it. But the reality is, is Missouri really is ripe to making some serious change. We have been flipping seats in Missouri um, every year in the state legislature. We are only three seats away from breaking the supermajority, which will bring some balance back and making sure that we have some actual policy discussions instead of just one party running everything, which in my mind, whichever party running, we need balance so that we can have real discussions about things. Um, and so Missouri is a state that I really do think that folks should be paying attention to. And as you know, we could have, I could be the very first female governor of the state of Missouri. But to do that, it's going to take money and it's going to take support. Um, I need folks in other places throughout the country to, to see us and to pay attention to what we're up to. So um, how's it going? Are you getting any national publication? Have you gotten anything as far as, uh, you know, people noticing that you are running as the first governor of the state of yeah. Missouri? We definitely are. Um, you know, it's early in the scheme of things when it comes to political races across the country. But um, I can tell you, I've got the National Women's Political Caucus on board. We're working actively with Emily's List to get their endorsement. Hopefully we'll have that soon. Um, Planned Parenthood, Great Plains has gotten on board with the campaign. And so, yes, we are starting to get attention from groups and all of the labor unions have endorsed. And so, um, you know, from the Teamsters to AFL-CIO and you know, all the different groups throughout the state. And so their national folks are paying attention to us as well because of that. So I'm excited um, and we are getting more attention every day, but podcasts like yours make all the difference. So I really appreciate continuing to get some more attention. Well, we, as I said, being on the ERA coalition with 380 organizations plus multiple organizations that Women Connect for Good is, is connected to, uh, we would be more than happy to make the introductions. ERA coalition is amazing. I mean, it's, one of the things I truly like about the ERA Coalition is it has a very strong youth component. These are high schoolers. These are college, but they're high schoolers. Wow. They're coming out. They help. They they were on our march to uh, to the Capitol. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. These the energy they have, but it's so important. This is their country. You know, this is their future, and I think that's what we have to understand when we when we start thinking about the more we involve the younger generation and the younger people with write new ideas and new energies. Like I said, what, what's going on right now, um, I, I don't think I really even want to talk about, but uh, but I want to talk about the future. I want, to, I want to talk about candidates like you that have the energy. You know, you succinctly went through every point that is so important for all of us and for the state of Missouri to make it a great, make it a great state. What you're saying is we're, we're kind of a flyover state and that's that's not... That's not very good here. You know, here we've got the Mississippi River. We've got some of the, we've got St. Louis. We've got Kansas City, Springfield, you know, more education, more hospitals there that I mean, we've got places that are really good. But but people need to know that Missouri needs to support itself. And to do so, they have to have candidates that truly understand what the issues are and how they can solve those things. And here you your platform is absolutely amazing. It's very detailed, but it's succinct. You're saying absolutely what you're going to do and, and how you're going to do it. So if every candidate did that, I probably would just be thrilled. But that's not what's <laughs> going on. It's, it's fighting in, across the, the mm -hmm. you know, across the lines. But anyway, mm -hmm. well, I'm, I'm so excited for you, Crystal. Like I said, Thank I was you. excited to have you speak at, at uh, the open house. And I'm excited to promote what you're doing. 
And uh, again, anything that you that comes across as far as articles or blogs or something that you want us to help promote, please let us know. But uh, thank you. I, I like. To, I, I want. I would love to be invited to that. Uh, that your after you're nominated to your uh, to your installation. That's what. Okay. That's my goal. <laughs> well, thank you so invited much. Invited to the Capitol of Missouri to see your installation. So that's what I'm counting on. It will be an amazing party. So we will make sure you're there. <laughs> uh, okay. Any any last words or something that I haven't asked you, but any last words? Um, you know, I would I would just uh, really thank you, uh, Nancy, for all the work that you do and the understanding of how important it is to be supporting women in these positions of, of leadership. You know, almost everything that I have worked on in Jefferson City that has become law that is impacting people was a bipartisan group of women sitting at the table to get it done. And um, mm -hmm. we need more of that. And, and to your point, you know, things are so divisive and so frustrating right now for Americans everywhere. And I really do believe that more women at the table could change that direction and that feeling and provide some more hope for people. And so I'm really grateful for all the work that you do in that space because it's so vitally important. I know you know that, um, but I hope you know that that we see that and are we appreciate you. Well, we, you know, we, we need hope. We need something. We need something positive to look at, something that we're moving towards towards that's really positive. And by the way, Women Connect for Good supports women who are supporting other women, but we all support, support the men who support the women. So, yes. I mean, we never... <laughs> You never want to exclude that. We all have to get there at, at one time. You know, it's going to take us all to do what we need to do, especially, mm -hmm. especially now in the state of Missouri and bipartisan and bringing women and men to the table that understand that is what's important. So absolutely. Uh, all right, absolutely. Let's, just, let's just plan on that party. How about that? How okay. About that? Sounds good. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Have a wonderful day and Thank we'll you. continue to support you and just get us more information and we're going to okay. keep moving forward. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time. Good to see you. Bye-bye. If you enjoy these Smart Amazing Conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 influential women share their secrets to leadership, business, and life. Thank you for listening.